Hello and welcome back to another episode of the BTS Creative Academy podcast. Episode 6, episode 6 or 7 or 8, uh, I'm not too sure. Um, I'm starting to lose count, I'm having so much fun. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, let's jump straight to it. Uh, in this episode, I'm going to be having a chat with a good friend of mine, Tony Silver. Now, Tony considers himself to not be a creative, uh, so I had to talk him into sitting down with me on this podcast, uh, because I believe that he is a creative. Um, so let's find out. Let's see if we can answer that question. Is Tony a creative? I should probably give you one gift before we start. Before we start? Yeah. You don't to be part of it. I've got two. I think I should give you one before. Right, okay. <clears throat> So I knocked out last night. Oh no! <laughs> 3D printed. printed. No, lovely. The creative again. No, this is I, part of the podcast. I um did have the BTS thing, but it kept fucking up. Oh, okay. But, and um, it's in that you've got the font and everything. Yeah, I've just off, I uh, did <laughs> a rever- 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 reverse font search. Right. Can that go on there? Ain't gonna sit, is it? Can I go? Can I get it on there without it? Is yeah, it won't fuck up. Fuck up the mouse. No, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> No, that's why I thought I'd give that's you lovely. that beforehand. Yeah. Right, headphones on. Are you ready for love? Howdy, howdy, howdy. Okay, let's begin. Okay. So, Tony, welcome to the Creative Academy podcast. Thank you for having me. No, it's, a, it's a pleasure, mate. It's, I've it's, been it's, looking forward to this. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, you were like <laughs> one of the first people up on my list. Who am I going to get in on my podcast? It's going to be Tony Silver. Oh, I appreciate that. So, what have you been up to? Uh... Nine to five, working my butt off. Okay. Paying the bills. What's the nine to five? Uh, IT system administrator, stroke manager. Even though I don't really have a great deal to manage. Okay. Um, yeah, been doing it for about twenty years. Pretty good at it. Not my dream job. Um, but yeah, like I said, pays the bills. What does it involve? Uh, overseeing network infrastructure in businesses. Okay. Um, just making sure the Cogs are greased and the wheels are turning. Yeah. Um, looking after users when they forget to plug their mouse in and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Turn it off, turn it on again. That's it. Reboot I've, it. I've, I've literally got a t-shirt. <laughs> How many times a day do you have to say that? Uh, two, at least. At least two times a day. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. And so what, what else are you doing then? So you've got your normal nine to five, mm-hmm. but something I know about you is you've always got something else going on. Yeah. I'm a tinkerer. Yeah. And I like playing with toys. Okay. Of the electronic variety. Bit of a self-confessed geek. Always have been, as you know. Yes. Um, so at the moment, I'm kind of into 3D printing. That's my... And my that's... Uh, so you just uh, gifted me... Yes. Uh, this little beauty. Mm-hmm. Creative Academy. Yeah. This, this is going to feature in somewhere within the podcast from now on. It's definitely going to find its place within my fortress of solitude. I hope so. That you're, that you're in right now. Oh, and someone's going to walk into this episode. Hello. Oh, that person's in trouble. Mucking up the lighting and sound. No, I've just put it on the table, Gemma. On the telephone table? Yeah. It's not there. No, on the table in the front room. Oh, now, go, now, right, I will edit this bit. But you, need a, you need a red light outside on right. air. Do you know what? She still wouldn't respect it. <gasps> oh, that woman makes me mad. <laughs> so how do you deal with that? I'll be having a word later on. <laughs> that's that's getting edited, I'm imagining. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. Maybe there might be some outtakes. Um, hmm. Where was we? 
Let's, 3D um, printing. Let's take it back to 3D printing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. So, in your spare time, Tony, what is it you, what is it you get up to? Messing around with 3D printers at the moment. Um, used to be games. Still is a little bit. Forty one next week, actually this week, so kinda of need to grow up a little bit. Um, why? Well no really. But like now I'm right, now but now I'm not playing games and printing toys. Okay. And models. Okay, which, tell me about these toys. Well, it harkens back to when I was a kid. I used to love building the old airfix models and painting them and you know, all that kind of shinizzle. So mm -hmm. yeah, with a three D printer, you can print whatever you want. How how does a three D printer work? I'm pretty clueless. So like what in in essence? There, there's two on? varieties. There's um, ones that print on plastic spool, like a, a reel of plastic, a spool of it, and there are ones that use liquid resin. Um, I haven't messed around with the resin ones yet because they're messy and chemicals and a bit nasty. But yeah, the one I've got, uh, I've actually got two now. Got three. Why would you go with that resin one? Um, it messy. And... It gives a little bit of a, a cleaner finish, smoother. Um, I, th I think they're a little bit quicker, but I don't hold me to that. Um, I think mainly people use resin for smaller, you know, like tabletop miniatures, because they can um, pack a lot more detail into a smaller print. But that's not something I, you know, I'm interested in at the moment. So yeah, the one I've got is plastic. You put a reel into it, and it feeds into the printer, and it literally melts the plastic, but incredibly extremely small diameter so i mean you can print things like that layer by layer yeah it prints one layer starts on the next layer and just builds the model up like that okay and yeah. so you create the design yourself somehow yeah that one i did um, it's pretty pretty basic that one it's just you know characters mm -hmm. um, you get slight uh, software called a slicer and it's basically like cad you know like 3d cad cad modeling um Whatever you create on screen, you, you click a click the print button, and it hopefully comes out. Right, okay. So, what else are you creating on there? Have you got Have you got anything else that you're making? Are you yes. Using toys. Uh, are you yes. Making toys with this thing. Yes. Yes. Um, about oof, two months ago, I thought, I wonder if I could print a picture. So I thought, well, if I print a picture on the print bed and try and peel it off, it's just going to fall apart. So what I did is I, I bought some really thick um like high grade paper can't think of the word um anyway like the kind of like thick paper card yeah it's not card though it's got like a high uh right. G, i think gsm, GSM. Yeah, yeah gsm yeah. Like high gram whatever high yeah the grade. highest you can go before turning into card yeah and right. i thought let's put that down on the print bed and print onto that mm -hmm. and at first i thought well oh, Christ, it's gonna set fire to the bloody thing but it didn't and anyway i printed this picture of frankenstein out um just like a stencil an outline it came out brilliantly. I thought, that's great. How can I improve this? How can I make that better? And then just by chance, I stumbled across some new software. Um, just some guy in America. Basically, basically turns uh, any sort of JPEG or PNG, a digital image, basically, drop it into this new program, and it creates a 3D model out of the flat image. Mm -hmm. So what it does is it puts channels and depth into the image. So it kind of all the details kind of raised and popped. So I thought, let's give that a go and downloaded it, tested it. It was fantastic. It's a picture of our dog, my, uh, my, my wife's dog. I thought, this is fantastic. Right. I, I can see real potential with this. It hadn't, I've seen things similar before, but like kind of 3D image of it, not 3D printed. So I thought, let me get in touch with this guy and 
and see whether he'd let me use this software to, to try and you know make some money like a side hustle why wouldn't you be able to do that um because i'm not a programmer okay. I, you know i'm not a, a, a developer um i know how to fix things that don't work i'm not very good with creating software you know, i know how to mend broken software but i'm, I'm not a developer and I wouldn't know where to begin with something like this. Um, I'll give him a shout out. It's called, uh, the software is called Hue Forge, as in H-U-E, like Philips Hue, colour. Um, so I got in touch with the guy and said, can I sell anything I make, like, as long as it's you know, copyright infringement, blah, blah, blah. And he said, here you go, here's a commercial license, it's 15 quid a year or whatever. And I bought the software. And yeah, I set up like a little mini company. Um, just through, just to sell the prints through friend, to friends and family, sorry. Um, and it's kind of kicking off a bit. Hmm. How does that, how does that feel that it's taken off? So it's taken off pretty quickly, hasn't it? Like you launched, I saw, I saw your Instagram, you launched it, you're on Etsy. Yes. I only launched the Etsy store about a week ago. I've only had a few sales on that, but I but know. you've had sales though. You've, yeah, you've not through, just put something there and it's disappeared. No, or... no. Through like, uh, word of mouth through friends and family. I sold about 50 prints so far. Wow. Um, which is great. It's an amazing feeling. Uh, but hopefully, it, you know, I, the, the best thing with it um, is I have zero expectations. I'm not relying on this for income. It's just a bit of fun, you know. Yeah. But, uh, a bit of fun that will bring in income. Yeah. Side hustle. Yeah. I mean, at the moment, it's paying for the actual uh, material, the filament. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's paying for that, which is great because obviously it um, means I don't have to pay to build my toys yeah, and yeah. my models. Okay. So, yeah, so you've managed to create this business mm. um, that that is fun to do, that yep. you enjoy doing. Yep. It's bringing you an income. Yep. And you've got this additional thing of you, the, the thing that you enjoy, the toy making as mm. well. You can do that. Yeah, it kind of feeds into that. So, yeah, no, I'm, it's, it's good fun. So what is there any sort of advice that you'd give to anyone that was looking to do something like this? Is this something that anyone could do? Absolutely. Or, yeah. yeah, it yeah. is. A... It's not something I, I would love to say to you. I've copyrighted it. It's patented. Mm -hmm. This is mine. Don't touch it. But it's commercial software. Anyone can do this. Right. Okay. Um, my advice find something that's a bit niche, I suppose, and mm -hmm. something you enjoy doing, something you love, and roll with it. Yeah. If you can find a way to make some passive income via it, brilliant. And income-wise, so that's all through Etsy. Is that the hope? That I'm, I'm hoping. It, I'm hoping it will be. Mm -hmm. like, like I said, at the moment, it's just a little trickle. Um, I think it will kick off a bit closer to Christmas. That's my hope. Um, and I think once people start reviewing what they bought, that helps because I know personally, you know, as a as a retail customer or online shopper, rather, reviews is what make make me choose mm -hmm. to go with. This, this person, person rather than that person right okay so you'd appreciate any feedback yeah if, if people bought one of your products mm -hmm. so what would someone do send a photo to you and then you would do something with that photo yes uh so on this the store you basically i mean i have a, a listing and a blurb it tells you exactly what to do there's two steps really choose what size you want small medium large because the printer has a you know it's not an infinite size you can print it's the bed is sort of finite size. Mm -hmm. um, I think off the top of my head, it's like two five six by two five six by two five six. Um, so I can only do a maximum. Of, I'd say I think it's around eight inches squared. 
Okay. Um, so yeah, you choose small, medium, large. Um, check out. Send me a picture. I'll have a look at it, and then I'll send you a, a rough approximation of what the image will look like once it's printed. If you're happy, go ahead. I print it. I put it in the post. It's that done. Yeah, so I've got. I've so got a. Um, I've got one for you actually. Okay, let's have a. Yeah, do you want to have a little looky? Yeah. Um, where did I put my bag of tricks? Here we go. That's how they come. Oh, when you say for me, you actually mean for yeah. me. Yeah, of course. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Oh, this is this is really sweet. Thank you. Well, uh, do you know? So, so first of all, mm -hmm. uh, like let, let's discuss first of all the the imagery here, because um, <laughs> this is a podcast. So, yeah, yeah. So not everyone will. Seeing the 3D printed photo you've given me is a picture of me and you over the years. Uh, I think it was all well, taken one evening. Oh, it does, it's one, all on one evening. It was one evening and yes. it was at King Do yes. Noodle Restaurant in Harlow. <laughs> and, um, and we're looking rather flirtatious with I, each other. I th <laughs> yes, I think we'd had too much plum wine at that we'll, point. Uh, we'll hold that there and hopefully, if you're watching on the video cast, uh, yeah. I believe it was in well, 2015. Now, what you can't quite get it's from from seeing a photo online yes. from this, from seeing any Instagram post, is the detail and the depth within the photo. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you look at, if you hold it straight on, yeah, it that's would... just a normal photo. Yes. But as soon as you twist the angle, mm -hmm. you're like, hold on a minute. And that's what this QForge software does. It creates depth and channels. So not all pictures are perfectly suitable. Most mm. are. But for example, if you sent me a picture of a, um, I don't know, a, a beige dog on a beach, it's not going to make a good 3D print. Right. Because it's flat. It's bland. Yeah. You need good contrast of light and dark and anything that has detail in it. It's a good one. It came out well. It is. It's a really good one. Yeah. And that's that's why I chose that slogan, photos you can feel, because it's not bullshit. You, it, you can, can literally... I take it out of the, can I take it out of the Of course you can. Yeah. It's yours. And and so uh, business techniques. Do you know what I, I really like about what I like about this? Um, thank you, sticker. Yeah. Thank uh, you for supporting you're, you're my business. You're sending a product off. You, yeah. you, you're appreciating your customer for, for purchasing something. Precisely. I mean, I'm hoping, well, not really hoping, but Etsy is a boutique. You know, most of the sellers on there are small businesses mm -hmm. that make handmade things. Um, yeah. That's rather special, that is. Yeah, I think, I think I've got, um, got something. To be honest, I mean, I can't, I can't take the credit because I didn't design software that does this. No, and it's not something thing. that anyone can do. In that, like, I'm for mm. me to have a photo, like a family photo, up on my wall. Mm. I'm not going to invest in a 3D printer. No, and all the equipment. There, there's a, the there's a large entry to market. Mm. You need the printer. You know, um, you have to main. You know, you have to give it maintenance. Maintain it. Sorry, um, you have to buy the filament. You, you need to know a bit basic troubleshooting because these things do go wrong and do jam and you know it's lovely yeah <laughs> and the back on the back tell me about that that is like a carbon fiber print it's not something i printed on there right basically the printer bed that you know that everything actually gets the plastic gets laid on has that mm -hmm. effect and somehow it just burns into the back of anything you make but i think it's a really nice effect that's a really good startup side hustle you've got going on mm. there. And you, you can always, 
you get a good feeling for it in the early days, don't you? Yeah. If it's going in the right direction. Well, I um, it, might just stay there. If you don't breathe, breathe move. There we go. That definitely will fall at some point. <laughs> yeah, I um, like I said earlier, the first one I printed was of uh, our our dog Dexter, and I gave it to my mum and stepdad who absolutely adore it and they were blown away by it i wasn't i, I thought they'd think oh this is cool but they were like really taken back by it it's a it's a completely different way to, yeah. to share your photos and we've become so used to just seeing a photo on on a screen on a screen yeah. on instagram facebook whatever i was Whereas it's it's strange like in my home we still have photos up on the wall yep but you don't have as there's not as many photos as there were 20 years ago and the thing is especially doing what i do for a living um digital photos go missing they get lost yeah. they get deleted you, ch you change phones you lose your phone you forget to back it up um i think me and you are probably of that generation where we're quite lucky i know i am that i have a old price now 40 year old envelope full of photos from the 80s and 90s with me as a kid um, granted they're a bit faded now but I, I've got that I think kids nowadays when they're our age they won't have that <laughs> clearly because I think half of their baby pictures will be on iPhones that went in the skip 30 years ago mm. um, so I think there is something about physical Having media phys still a physical, yeah. a physical thing and the, the, the nice thing with that is you it's, it's not going to get it's not going to get damaged like a photo gets damaged the it, no it won't um one sort of um not negative at all but basically the material the plastic it's made out of is called pla mm -hmm. now don't ask me the actual scientific name of what that is it's some right. kind of polymer but it's made from um corn husk it's completely biodegradable it won't biodegrade on its own it has to it, it has to to break it down it's through a chemical process um but yeah it's natural it's not you know going to hurt the planet it's completely bio-friendly if you left it in a hot car in 30 degree heat it might start warping that's the only kind of provisio i suppose but i'm really proud of you tony no, like, I, like I say we've over the years we've i've seen you do a few different sort of side hustle type things we could go as far back as <laughs> <laughs> that, that which shall not be named demand flicks yeah no, no, let's, let's name it um, let's put it out there let's, monkey spotting you know which is still on youtube <laughs> let's start with demand flicks okay we go monkey spotting so demand like demand flicks mm. uh now i feel like my memory of this is we were having a conversation one night and we were like why isn't the world this way? Mm. Why isn't the world of entertainment the way we want I it? I ask myself that daily. <laughs> but at that time, it was very much like we could see that what the internet could be used for, and it and it was beginning to be. Netflix had just come along, and was so, Netflix? Yes, Netflix was there. Could, Netflix did start, yeah, as a DVD post yeah. rental. But this, it but was, they were streaming. At that they point. were streaming at this point because yeah. it was like, why is there only Netflix? Yeah. Why aren't there others? This is madness. Was this before Amazon? It was pre-Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was pre all the all the rest joining joining on, and so I remember we had this conversation of like, surely we should be able to get the films we want when we want them. Yeah, because the internet can provide that service. So mm -hmm. we tried to to set up our own website, which would stream on demand. 
individual titles like box office. Yes. In a kind of a, a way of doing it on reflection was wrong, complicated. Yeah. Yeah. And and the, and consumers want ease. Mm-hmm. They don't want any mathematical equations no. to work out how to purchase something. They want to go right. That cost. I that cost five pounds. I'm done. I think the idea on paper was good, mm. but in practice, it was flawed. Yes. Um. But the thing is, we gave it. We gave it a shot. Yeah, we tried. Made a bloody good video. Today. We made a. We made a video yeah. to to our to seek funding. Yeah. Uh, we reached out to all the distribution companies to try and get them on board, and they were having none of it because because no. they, they want to control. They want. Yeah. At that time, they very much want, and they still probably do. They wanted to control the market, mm-hmm. and this idea of ours would have completely disrupted the market. It would have, and it I think. Was... The only way we could have pushed forward is if we had huge funding. Yeah, you, not, we would have need, needed massive collateral behind us. Not, you know, even because we tried Kickstarter, didn't we? I believe so. I can't. Yeah, we put we popped it on Kickstarter, yeah. and I think we were trying to get like ten thousand. But really, in reflection, we'd have needed like a hundred times that. Yeah, we would need ten million. Know, ten million, even to, from to like raise an eyebrow. Hmm. I think. So we were young, we were young and naive and. Hopeful and I'm still young. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and still naive. <laughs> yes. but, true, true. Um, and still hopeful. Oh. Um, we gave it a go, didn't we? And we we learnt some lessons from that. If you don't give it a go, you can't bitch yeah. when it doesn't work. And um, you know, it's uh, it's like like with this podcast. Um, and I, and I feel on <clears> reflection <throat> of all the things that I try, I try and like dabble with these things a bit like I'm playing, mm. like a game. Like and without fear of what could go wrong, because there are so many things that could go wrong. Yes, um, I think I'm like that, like you, in that way, in the sense of I'm a fidgeter. I can't sit still. Mm-hmm. I love movies. I love TV. I love you know spending my time sitting on my ass. But I have to have some kind of project on the go, something to do keep me focused something to work on something to do with my hands i i need just yeah just a project i need to be kept busy mm. mind body and soul um i used to be able to sit there and play you know xbox for five hours at a weekend now i just i can't a few hours and i'm done with games and i want to do something creative you want to be, you want to be creating creative? something like, exactly yeah it's the creative what do you think you you know because even when we fail at these creative things like i have over the years you know i've had creative failures why do you think we still continue to push forward um good question because mm. <laughs> we strive to do better i guess um and you know that age-old saying if at first you don't succeed try and try again i would like to think that for me it's within the process exactly rather than the end goal there's no such thing as failure you yeah. learn from every mistake you make um and that and like i said that's how you, that's how we improve that's how we get better that's how we overcome problems because if we did just live in the failure we wouldn't experience anything anymore mm. would we? do you know i was watching the um the arnold documentary yes, a couple of weeks yeah. back and I was looking forward to it, and I thought, yeah, I love, you know, I love his movies. You know, he's a real character. And I got so much more out of it than I thought. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was kind of aware of his, you know, I've been around. I, I, like I said, I love his film. I was aware of his successes, but just how much that guy had it rough 
to begin with. And what he's accomplished is absolutely incredible. Because we we're, we often only see one side to people, don't we? Yeah. Through, especially people as big as him. Yeah. We see the side through the media mm-hmm. and through him selling his products, his films. Yeah. We see that. Oh, yeah, he, so we, he is a brand. Now, he is a brand. Sure, his sure. name is a brand. Um, we all know who we're talking about when we say Arnold. Yeah. We don't even need to no. say his surname, do we? No. Um, he is a brand. He is a product. And and he's being sold. And so we see this highly successful person, don't mm-hmm. we? And he has had a successful life in some measures. But in other measures, he has had difficulties and <laughs> yes and upsets and we don't necessarily see that so then we maybe we take that just seeing someone else out there doing so well mm. yeah i'm struggling mm. but like you just said you don't see his i mean you do see some of his failures but i'm <laughs> sure he's had a lot more failures that no one will ever know about other than him and his you know family and close friends or whatever you, you publicize what achieve not what they don't achieve. Yeah. But that, I mean, he was a millionaire. I didn't. I didn't know this. That I learned the documentary. Like he invested in property. I think before he was even super famous at bodybuilding, mm-hmm. he was already a millionaire. Like way before that, starting to act. And see, I never knew that. I don't. I don't think anyone can be like again Arnold Schwarzenegger. We were given this perception that he was a bodybuilder. Mm. He was an actor. He mm. was a politician. Mm. We get this perception that someone is one thing, mm. but actually, we need to be like have these multiple things, don't we? Don't put all we, your eggs in one basket. That's it. It's really, um, really quite interesting, isn't it? The people that we that we look up to and that we admire, and when we find out that they've got some vulnerabilities, mm. we sometimes even admire them a little bit more. I think we did, so. than we did beforehand. Yeah, I think so. Um, it shows that you're human. <laughs> As is, we all are. Is there anything within within the stuff that you do that you particularly look look up to and admire with that with that kind of thing? In 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 sense of in the sense of the way that you're creative and that you know that you're quite entrepreneurial and I not that I can think of to be honest. Um, harking back to what I said earlier, I I just like to be kept busy, mm-hmm. even if I'm not successful. I don't do anything I do to be successful. I do it. Because it makes me happy and, and feel sort of uh, content, I suppose. Um, I'm kind of easy to please. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm kind of happy with my life. Sure, I wish I um, had it a bit better financially, mm-hmm. um, as we all do. But I'm kind of content. I like my friends. I like you know I've got an amazing family. My wife's family is amazing. Quite like my job. I, I wish for better. Sure, and I'm trying to do better. But I'm I'm. I am a content kind of person. I'm very grateful for what I have because I know a lot of people that don't have what I have. Yeah. I think a lot of people, not necessarily anyone I know, but I'm just spitballing, always think, oh, I wish I had that, you know. Not necessarily jealousy, just wanting more. You know? And I want more, but I'm very grateful and aware of what I have got. And I think that, I think knowing what you have got is more important if you're knowing good, that what you do want if that makes sense a good grounding and a good foundation. yeah grounded um all about yourself redirect yeah redirect throw that back at me mm. um i think a lot of that comes from uh the core of that yeah there are some some people out there famous people that may have got some inspiration from but i think the core is for me is always goes back to my parents mm. um yeah very blessed and lucky with 
with the up type of upbringing that, mm-hmm. that I had. I know that um, you know, I know that it's extremely extremely rare to have had good parents. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, which I it's a sad state I was, of affairs. Yeah, I was quite quite mm. naive to that because I did have such a a good strong upbringing and um, yeah, they 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 had their struggles and um, things to cut, overcome, but but they always overcame them. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think they they gave me a good foundation for that kind of thing. I think that's all you can do for your children. I know I don't disclaimer I don't have children as you know, but um, I think that's the best way to go about making grateful for what they have because there are a lot of kids that don't have jack. Yeah, and and these days it's very easy, isn't it? So there's a lot of sport kids out there mm. that are just given given everything. Yeah, and I, know, as those, I know a few of them. And as those kids grow up. They it does. I, it can't do them any favors. No, it can't. So changing the subject. Mm-hmm. Films. Films. I like films. Seen any good films recently? Um, what did we watch the other night? Uh, oh, we did. This isn't necessarily a good film. Gone. It's one we. It's just one that's popped in my head. We watched the new Insidious. Okay. The Red Door. Right. It was okay. Yeah, yeah, because you're you're into your horror. Love my horror films. Your horror is a yeah, yeah. Is the horror genre and in... science fiction. I like all movies. Um, not so much some of the <clears throat> modern agenda movies. Let's put it okay. that way. Yeah, um, with an agenda, should I say? But yeah, yeah, horror and science fiction are kind of my go-to. Yeah. So yeah. what do, what do you feel about a movie? Let's let's deal with that first. Mm-hmm. What do you feel about a movie that is driving an agenda? It pisses me off because. Mm-hmm. I think there's a medium for that, the driving agendas, but I don't think it should be entertainment. Mm-hmm. Personally, that's my gut fit. I, I mean, if I went away and sat and thought about this, I Which might be doing here. I, I might, you know, this is a yeah. gut reaction. Um, I don't want to have an agenda shoved down my throat when I've got a bucket of popcorn and a Pepsi in my hand. I want to be entertained. Okay. I don't want to have to, you know, think about the real world too much. Do you, do you do you think there's room to because even if you think back to pop, some popcorn films they i feel when we were younger some films big hollywood blockbusters mm. may have an agenda within it but it was hidden very well within the story social satire i'm mm-hmm. fine with um you know undertones overtones fine um but i'm i'm specifically mean like <laughs> i want to use examples but i'm not gonna mm-hmm. um just modern movies that try and push a, a modern agenda. I just, oh, I just get some nerves. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, social satire, I think's fine. Mm-hmm. Night of the Living Dead, you know, or George Romero in general. Uh, pretty much every eighties horror director has a, has a social overtones, undertones. Yeah, and I, and and that was <clears throat> that was a yeah. There was an enjoyable and almost peaceful way to enjoy the medium of film. Mm. Um, Whereas recent years, um, we could even go with like Marvel, mm. for instance. Yeah, yeah. Marvel have completely sacrificed story yeah. for agenda. So Marvel was hugely entertaining up until a point. And yes, there were there were there was an agenda um or a message mm-hmm. within the films mm-hmm. before and it showed it talked about equality and it talked about well, um I can tell you who's to blame for that. Yeah, go, go on then, who's to blame? Disney. Disney. Yeah. Yeah. They have shit the bed. Yeah. Well, and they, they have... I 
So uh, it's got to the point where someone that is that loves Marvel, that grew mm-hmm. up with Marvel. Same, same. Marvel was... Uh, Marvel taught me to read. And Star <laughs> Picking Wars. Picking up comics, yeah. Batman. Star Wars gave me my love for film and for sci-fi. And now... I hate you. <laughs> Sorry? Now I hate it. Now, yeah, because there's no story now. No. Now you're they watching have... a political message. They've rinsed it, yeah. Mm. They've literally milked the you're, cow. You're, you're watching their agenda now. Mm. Yeah, and and why would we do that? Why would we sit? Why would we give our time to listen to listen and absorb their agenda? We won't because we're we're older and experienced and we understand what they're doing. Mm. But what about younger generations? What do you think they're taking from it? Do you think they're going with whatever Disney want them to believe? Yes, like I said earlier, don't have kids, but and we're not necessarily saying the message is always wrong. No. We're just saying they've having a any sense of wonder well. out of these products because mm-hmm. it's just a rinse cycle repeat farm. It's just a factory that craps out anything with Star Wars or Marvel mm-hmm. or um, what's the other big franchise, the bigger IP they've got? Fox, is it Fox? Yeah, yeah. Fox. So well, one corporation pretty much owns. They've monopolized. They monopolized yeah, the yeah, entertainment yeah. industry. Yeah. And within every product they're giving us, tells us what they want us to believe it, it, and feel. Yeah. I think. Like I said, it takes away what made Star Wars special, what mm-hmm. made, you know, the early Marvel films special. And there was some really important messages oh, within those yeah. films. Uh, the first Iron Man, come yeah. on. That is still one of my favourite superhero films, like modern superhero films. Do you, think, do you think film can continue to go this way? Film, television... Do you think it can continue? No, because I, I guess it's like fashion. It Things come and go. Mm-hmm. Um, this is failing for them. They're hemorrhaging hundreds of millions of dollars. And don't get me started with this um, Snow White movie that's coming out. What's happening with the Snow White movie? Um, well, you kind of led me on to this. <laughs> you sent me a screenshot of um, a lady dressed mm-hmm. as Snow White and a picture of um, what I assumed were meant to be the seven dwarfs, but they were not dwarfs. And I said, that's fake. That's not real. He said, no, it's real. It's real. Straight away, put onto YouTube. I got my go-to guy for this kind of thing is the critical drinker. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever watched him. If you haven't, you will. Yeah, I will do um, And yeah, it's real. And I couldn't, couldn't believe what I was seeing. Turn something, a classic, one of the most important, arguably one of the most important animated films of all time. The thing that, I think it was Disney's first ever movie. It was, yeah. And they've made it something it's not. It's not about, you know, there was an interview, I can't think of the the uh, actress's name. She said, oh, our film's not about Snow White finding true love. It's about her feeling empowered as a woman. And it's just the same old shit that Disney are doing to every other product. Mm. I'm just sick of it. What is wrong with just, well, first of all, don't remake Snow White. Second of all, I'm not going to get into the the whole not casting dwarves and all that nonsense because that that's for each individual to decide whether that's right or wrong. That's not my place to talk about it. Um, but just don't remake a classic. And if you are, be faithful. Have the balls to adapt it how it how it was. Is there is there anything to be said for a story being retold? Is it should a story be the same forever? No. Or should we have just new stories all the time? Depends on the original. Mm-hmm. I think if something's worth being remade, 
Let's put it this way. If a good good story is made badly the first go around, sure, have another go. If the story's good and it's there, but the actual film or song or whatever piece of medium is done poorly, it's not it doesn't mean trash that. It means let someone else have a go. Like um the thing. The original thing from the um nineteen oh Christ. John Carpenter. Yeah. How do you not no, 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 no. no, no. no. Oh, the original. Thank thing. you. A thing. Sorry, the, I the thing from Another world. I'm trying to think of the year. I think it was the. Oh Christ! I'm going to get this wrong. I'm going to have people really angry at me. Because you should know this. Like, like, as a as a movie geek, I'm f- uh, as particularly when it comes to horrors, this is should be this should be like 101 I'm feeling, education. I'm feeling it's 50s. So I'm going to say 1950s within that decade. Um, amazing story. Film's okay, but then Carpenter come along. You know, I wonder if your uh, your friend Paul is listening to this. <laughs> He's going to have a go at you for not knowing it. He's going <laughs> to wring my neck if I got that wrong. I'm pre- I'm pretty sure it's a fifties. Yeah. Um, pretty sure. But anyway, yeah. So um, amazing story. Film was okay, but it was early. There wasn't you know special effects stuff. So Carpenter, a few decades later, saw that story based on the book and goes there much earlier and thought right amazing story let's change it and it, yeah it's a completely different film but it's it's still it's a proper adaption it's been adapted it's not been fundamentally changed you know the plot is still the same there's a monster in the arctic base you know but that he's taken that core idea and he's improved on it that's what i think remake should do take something that wasn't too good the first time and improve on it not just make some, not just remake something for the sake of it. Oh, it would be a really nice idea. Come up with a new story. Well, there, well, there is that too, yeah. but you know. Or would that cost too much money? For that Disney? is a problem with <laughs> Disney now, isn't it? They don't make anything original no. anymore. I, I personally think they should fire. Do they even have writers anymore? Well, this is a big <laughs> question right now. This is a big question. What happened to all that talent that wrote these classic stories yeah. from our childhood? Are they valued? And are they valued by those that do have an agenda? Are they, you know, are, you know, is that is that the only way to move forward as a as a writer at the moment in this time? Because if you're a writer, you it's not about the storytelling; it's about the message. I really can't see what's going to happen, with Disney. I, I can't. I haven't got a clue. They're going to have to hit the reset button sooner or later. Here's my prediction: Go. Disney will continue mm-hmm. as they are. Mm-hmm. Um, they will uh, take over cinemas, and you'll have a Disney cinema. I'm surprised that hasn't happened. Really. You'll you will have a Disney Plus Plus, mm-hmm. where you have a monthly subscription to watch your Disney Plus at home, and then pay a little bit more so you can go to a bigger screen and have. But a does anyone watch Disney Plus as it is? Well, Aren't they okay. hemorrhaging numbers? No, and I'm I'm not sure what the what the figures money are. Money numbers. Um, you know, clearly streaming is a service that everyone does want. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, if the content isn't there, if the storytelling isn't there, if the entertainment isn't there, oh, yeah, of course yeah. they're going to If do, you build it, they will come. Mm. If you don't, they won't. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm gobsmacked they don't have a Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, Cineplex mm. already. Um. And it's like those, those kind of storytelling independent films 
are getting very, very few and far between as well, aren't they, these days? Because the, the big blockbuster is overtaking so it's much. It's insane how much these films... I mean, look at The Flash. Mm. Like That's a, a massive flop. Instead of putting 300, 500 million into one film, again, all your eggs in one basket and having it. And also, it's not just the cost of the production, it's the marketing, everything. Like You're talking a billion dollars. It's insane for for a, a film that's just a bit of eye candy, but ultimately is hollow and has nothing real to so, say. Have, have we got to the point as well where all the stuff that they can sell outside of the film has got so important it's the, the merch, studio. the merchandise, merchandising, merchandising, selling, merchandising. Sell, yeah, selling, selling the toys, <laughs> space you know? balls, the lunchbox. <laughs> selling the toys has got so so important yeah. now that if you're into filmmaking, then your road in is very narrow. Here's an idea: instead of spending five hundred million on one film, use five hundred million and make two hundred films. Use independent directors, indie directors. I think that some of the best films I've seen in the last sort of five, maybe even ten years, have been indie movies mm. that have just come out of nowhere released onto whatever platform so the last independent film closest thing i feel to an independent film can we say it was it was bowie's afraid was that i haven't seen it yet you still haven't seen no. it. no okay i need you to see that before we have the conversation okay um i'm not i don't i i haven't made my mind up yet if i like the film well, that means you did. Well, if you're still thinking about it, I'm still thinking. That yeah. means even if you ultimately decide you hated it, it warranted your viewing because you're still you're thinking. I'm still thinking. Yeah. I genuinely, and do you know what? That is that is my initial thing that brought me into loving films. Uh, you'd watch that film, once you come away, you turn it off, with, and then you start scratching still, your head. You're still going. Yeah. You're still going. What? Mm. Or like, and yeah, how and. You just don't get that anymore, do you? No. Everything is just thrown at you. You don't leave Avengers Endgame, as good as that little trilogy of Avengers film was, and go, wow, that was sort of provoking. Once it's done, it's done. And you, you just think, wow, that was a spectacle. And that's it. It doesn't leave you with any sort of philosophical feelings or it's just big blue spaceman versus the Avengers. You know, do you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, just... It, yeah. Um, what's that? A twenty four production mm -hmm. company. I think. Yes, they put out some really good content. Um, and they are going more down the independent new mm -hmm. filmmakers route, aren't they? As a studio, the problem with this also is um, these big studios grab these small indie directors and then throw them into directing a Marvel film, and then their careers get shot. Yeah. Um, I, I don't like that. I get why these people go because of cha ching. You know, you're not going to turn down a $3 million paycheck or whatever absurd amount of money gets thrown their way. But I just I just wish it wasn't. And so what do you think about, um, so at right now, you've got the writer's strike going on mm -hmm. and you've got the actor's strike going on. Mm -hmm. And so as, as a movie lover, mm -hmm. what is your take on that? Because uh, there is, so as a movie lover and consumer, there is inevitably going to be a pause. Good. Because, how to word it, uh, maybe someone will wake up. Because what's the point of them not having the strike and just this endless stream of shit films? I'd rather them be a stop, a pause, a break, and then these studio execs, this think tank or whatever, again, have a little think about what's going on. Maybe we should try this a different way. I saw recently um, 
uh, I can't think exactly, but it was like Ryan Reynolds, Clooney, though the top, the top Brad Pitt, you know, the A-listers mm-hmm. have been giving like a million dollars each to these um, causes for these strikes to keep them going so they can last longer. Brilliant. Keep striking. I'm not in a desperate need for content. Well, there's enough. There's definitely enough out there. Exactly. There, Go yeah. back. You know, there's there's a dozen, there's hundreds of films people haven't watched for the. And you know, I I would enjoy that. For, actually, I would enjoy. I, I've always tried to get my kids to go back and watch older films. Yeah. But I think that would be great for for a younger generation that are being bombarded with content mm. to have this opportunity to go back. We can't relate because yeah, we didn't get twenty films released every day. No, we gosh, like. <laughs> Like, it is. It's amazing how much the world has changed. Um, in our, in our, you know, like time, yeah, in in forty, you know, we're both around our forties, and within that forty years, it's gone from being one film, two films come out a week at the cinema. It would take two years for something to get released on VHS. Yeah, you'd wait for the, you'd wait for <laughs> to go and hire it. And you'd you'd be like, oh, sort of like people were talking about that last year, mm, mm. and then there'd be a queue up around blockbusters to yeah. hire a film. And now you've got to wait a week until it's on streaming. Yeah. And I think especially... Not even one, not even that, is it? Most... Simultaneous. Yeah, yeah. most films. Cinema seems to have gone back to that one film a week Mm. thing because everything else is on streaming. Yeah, I miss those days. Mm. And and like you said, it's strange thinking kids these days will will never experience that. The simplicity of it. Mm. You think... And the joy we got from it. The joy we got from going out and watching a film in a community environment like a cinema, that was special, wasn't it? Yeah. That was... that was. It was an event. It was or an event. Or even going to Blockbusters it, on a Friday night. Yeah. Actually, and, you know... As, and going around and picking up all the... You'd, you'd have the, the videos that in, in, in your hand, mm. and you'd look around and you'd read the cases, and mm-hmm. you'd, you'd... Choose what popcorn you're going to have. Yeah. And yeah. Now it's just sit on your pick the remote up. Yeah. Well, you'd spend the high, the entire runtime of the film trying to pick what you can so watch. So a film <laughs> used to be an experience, an event, mm. whereas now... It's a bit of a chore. And I've, hence why you turn on Netflix and you scroll. Yeah. And you just scroll. And by the time you decide, it's, it's time to go to it's bed. It's time to go to sleep because yeah. you're, you're bored, you've had enough. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And it's kind of quite... Yeah, you might occasionally still find one or two good films out there. But it's hard to find a diamond in the rough. Um, there's so much crap out there. It's it is hard to find a gem because mm. it's just drowned by all the other cheap, nasty rubbish. So whatever happened to our uh, movie making career? Where did that start? Monkey spotting. Yeah. <laughs> Where did that end? Monkey, Monkey spotting. Spot- <laughs> what was it? Um, film four competition. Yeah, it was a film four competition. Yeah. Um, was that our first foray? Sorry, was that our first like go at making? Yeah, sure. Um, I think it was. I'm surprised. I thought it would have been something earlier. Yeah, yeah. I've, d- I've done other things with Jim and I. Um, yeah, I've done. Other, but for me and you, yeah, that was the first time we picked up the camera. Me, you, and Jim Thompson. He's yeah. on the first episode of this podcast. Yep. Good old Jimbo. Uh, we came across there was this competition on Channel Four. Steam scene stealers. Scene stealers. Yes. Take a scene from a movie, yeah. and they gave you a list of like movies. Mm-hmm. You had to pick one of the film four movies. Um, yeah. And they gave you a list, and you had to take a scene and retell it in your own way. Mm-hmm. Re- and so uh, <laughs> we picked 
train spotting. Of course. <laughs> I can't think of what else was on the list, to be and, honest. And, um, you know, like, main, mainly like British movies was on the list. It was, yeah. Um, but train spotting was well, like hard, quite hardcore, and uh, I've got a huge love for train Great spotting. soundtrack. Great soundtrack, great great film, great directing, great storytelling. Good actors. Yeah, everything, just everything about it was brilliant. Of its time as well. Like, it told, it, it was a film, a two-hour film, that told you what time, what it was like to live in the mid-90s. Oh, it's rough. It's, you know? it's a rough watch. Yeah. But it's an imp- I think it's an important film. Oh, definitely. Mm. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of talk around that film at the time when that came out. I remember, oh, this is advocating drug use. And he's like, you have not, you it's have not doing watched the, the film. complete opposite. You ha- if you think that's advocating, that film is advocating drug use, you have not watched it. No. You've, you've looked at the cover, maybe, but you've not watched it's it. What, if I had kids, I think I'd show it to them to do the opposite. Of and, actually, and this goes back to, actually, about the message that we're talking about, the, the, the agenda within a film. Mm. So that film had an agenda. Yeah. Anti-drug use. Yeah, to warn you, mm. this is how bad your life will be if you go down the route yeah. dealing with drugs. Yeah, but it didn't. It didn't do it like they're doing now. The messages aren't like that. Now the message is different. Everything's got a uh, layer of cotton wool around it now. Mm-hmm. I find. Um, like yeah, and, and so so going back yeah, so Train Spotting was was a a wonderfully made film, impactful. Um, and if you haven't seen it, see it. Um, if you are with us, of course, because it is graphic. Um, but yeah, so going back to what we were doing, we were taking a scene from Trainspotting and <laughs> reinterpreting with it. Puppets. With puppets. <laughs> and so we took the final scene of the film and um, got some monkey puppets and a, a lion puppet and uh, did the did the final scene. Mm-hmm. Um Smashing plates against your bedroom wall. Yeah, around my, around. I just moved into my place at that time, so my house was looking a bit rough, like half done wallpaper and things. So it actually fit the bill for for the film as well. <laughs> for a drug den. For a drug den, it actually looked like a drug den. Um, but we spent the day, yeah, playing with puppets and cameras and trying to work out what we were doing, and it got really. We put we we entered it into the competition. Mm. And we were getting some amazing feedback. Yeah. Like, people were, like, normal people that were going onto the Film 4 website and commenting were loving our scene. good feedback. And we were like, oh, shit, are we in in for a chance with this? Mm. Are we in for a chance? And, yeah, I I remember that our film had, like, the most comments of general public commenting on it, having watched it. But we didn't get even in the top ten. No. From the from the critics and yeah. the people that were voting and and saying these were the best ones, so there was some fun and enjoyment in there. It was a laugh. Yeah, if we'd got somewhere great, but it harking back to what we were saying, you know, earlier, it was just actually doing it that was the fun for me. It was. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and find it and. Um, I'm going to be sharing that. Oh, <laughs> Watching it back now, I, I'm my own worst enemy. Yes. I criti- I'm going to critique this. Oh, podcast. yeah. Like, um, it, it, you know, it was three guys mucking around with puppets. There's so many little was, bits where he's like... Oh, yeah, but that was the beauty yeah, of it, though, where, yeah, hand, know. You know, know. where, we, where we're picking up the banana. With the money. <laughs> yeah. And you could see, like, my hand or your yeah, hand. Yeah, or, like, it. the banana's on, like, the end of a coat hanger because yes, he can't quite hold it. <laughs> That's some good moments, yeah. though. But we were we we spent a day being creative, you know, 
and trying to trying to achieve something and create some good memories at mm. the same time. Exactly, it? it's it's the journey, not the destination. Yeah, and this uh, let's think of another film that we can make like that. I think <laughs> I definitely want to do that again because that must have been at least ten years ago now. Yeah, I think so. Well, it's still on YouTube, so we can find out. Yeah, we'll find it. Find it on YouTube, mm. then I shall be. I think we need to do a scene of Ghostbusters person. Why haven't we? Well, exactly. It's not like we don't have the equipment. So why have you got the equipment, Tony? Tell me about that. So, so when you say equipment, yeah, what equipment do you have? Oh, all of it. Proton pack, two of them. Ghost traps, multiples. All the belts, gizmos, gadgets, all of it. So you're a fully kitted out Ghostbuster. I am a forty-one-year-old, well, soon to be forty-one-year-old, fully kitted out Ghostbuster. You can ask questions. I'm going to start with a really simple one. And don't take this the wrong way. I'll try not to. Why? Harkens back to just enjoying making stuff. Um, crikey. I think about ten, ten years ago? Eight or nine years ago? I thought, oh, I've always wanted a proton pack. Just to hang on my wall. Because it's a, it's a cool thing. Love the film. Uh, I'm an 80s kid. Um, so I thought, I'm going to build one. And I did. And it took me two years to find out how to do it. Because basically, about 10 years ago, there were some people that have made them online, but there wasn't a great deal of information about specs, plans, you know, what parts you need to buy, all that kind of stuff. But now there's just endless stream of information um, and groups, Facebook groups and forums. So the information's out there now. So, yeah, I built a few of them. And instead of hanging it on my wall, I joined up with a local group of cosplayers called the Essex Ghostbusters and have been with them ever since. And um, a couple of times a year, um, go and do events, raise money for charity, Comic-Cons and so so. So do you think at any point when you were younger and you looked ahead, you went, when I'm 40, I'm going to be a Ghostbuster? Yes, absolutely. And... <laughs> What do you think that that eight year old? Let's say, what do you? Are you as eight years old? Yeah. Are you say, I'm 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 you eight years old. Yeah. What would you say to them about that? I say, that's cool. <laughs> I've actually got a picture of me as a six year old wearing a proton pack made out of cardboard and vacuum cleaner hose. And yeah, I think I'd say to myself, that's cool. Yeah, I embrace it. It's good fun. A big kid at heart. Always have been. Always will be. And the creativity that you put into these things that you make, like mm. the proton pack, mm. you don't just get some cardboard boxes together no. and, and oh, create no. some kind of shell. No. This is full on film accurate. Better than film, film accurate. <laughs> better than film accurate. Yeah. Lights this and is, sound. It, this is if a proton pack works. Yeah. For those that don't know, what's a proton pack, Tony? It's a unlicensed nuclear accelerator. If, or a positron collider, depending on how you look at it. If you had a real one of those, yeah. you make it to spec. Yes. Without the nuclear. Correct. That's literally... <laughs> you don't just go into a drugstore and buy some plutonium, basically. Yeah, yeah. That's the only bit... <laughs> yeah. The, the quote from uh, Back to the Future that's yes. just wedged in. Lovely. Thank you. Um, but uh, you've got everything, haven't you? You've got, you've got the traps, the goggles. Yeah. 
But you can't real, just go is, in is, half is a, measures. Is a, passion, is a passion of yours. Yeah, I like bit, uh, again. It goes like the three D printing stuff. It, I like building things. I like creating something from nothing. And uh, the the other guys that you're involved with, with this guys and guys and girls, yeah, and, yeah. and dogs. So I see there's, there's yes, busting yes, dogs we have busting dogs involved. Yeah. So there's a real community, isn't there? There's a real community there's, of people it, that do this. Especially since the newer film a few years ago, it's it's massive. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't start talking about the 2016 one. But I why, why not? I don't think we've got enough time. Because <laughs> I just, uh, very briefly, it's got nothing to do with women or being sexist. I just thought it was a piece of unwarranted garbage mm-hmm. that had no merit. It was just a cash grab. And it hurt what I is special to me. That film's special to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it is yourself. Yeah. It, I, it, it, to put it simply, it felt like the people that put that film together didn't even watch the original. They didn't give a shit. They, they may have looked at the products. It was a cash grab, mm-hmm. um, completely unnecessary, and an insult. But anyway, moving on. Yeah, I thought yeah. The, the, the Afterlife film was okay. Again, I don't think it needed to exist, but I think it had some heart, and I think it um, felt tied to the original. You know, Ivan Reitman's son directed it, Jason Reitman. Um, so, yeah, it had some heart. Good seeing the guys back. But did it did it need to get made? No, not really. It's been too long. I think the original. I, I quite like Ghostbusters too. I think it's pretty good. Um, but it's not a patch on the first one, and it's just a product of its time. Like a lot of it, like Indiana Jones, like a lot of these films, they're trying to, you know, rehash and and reequalize or reboot, whatever you want to call it nowadays. And it it can only exist in the time that it was made. Then trying to do it out of that time, it's just going to flop. And so, um, coming back away from movies and back to your Ghostbusters community, uh, mm. what's that like being around other people that share that love and interest? 90% of the time, really good. Really good. Um, 10% of the time, there's some you know, toxic individuals that are there to just cause a scene and be a dick, you know, for no reason. But uh, you get that wherever you go, mm-hmm. anything. But no, it's great. It's great fun. Um, we do, uh, I think, yeah, Colchester Invasion. I think that's uh, a couple of weeks' time, actually. I'm not sure if we've got that one on the cards. But I'll let you know. But yeah, no, it's, it's an amazing group. Um, talking to like-minded people, sharing experiences. You know, you have other groups of um, other cosplayers, lots of people dressed as Marines and Doctor Who and Harry Potter, just everything. Um, you're all there for the same reason, which is just to be accepted and have a laugh and share your interests. Share your interests, share yeah. your love for, for something. Yeah, I've done MCM Comic Con a couple of times. I've never gone kitted up with the gear because it's just too there's too many people there. You're gonna get you know you're gonna damage your your props, your expensive props that you spent a long time building. But you, um, expensive? What would you? What? You you might not want to say, you know, but <laughs> how much would you say all this 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 love and interest for Ghostbusters? What's it kind of set you back? Oh, my wife listens. No, she's got an idea. <laughs> oh, thousands, thousands. Yeah, if you want to get the real deal, um, and and get like a screen accurate. Let's just say the pack. Forget all the other bits of the box, the mm. trap, and the um uh, jumpsuits and everything, which aren't cheap. Uh, the, the the pack to get it screen accurate. You're looking two grand at least. You can 3D print parts, mm-hmm. and, but if you want the, you can still buy like a lot of the original actual um, bits and bobs 
know, metal connectors and clipper valves and all those kind of, you can still buy those to this day. And if you're a real proper true fan and, you know, a, ghost, a proper Ghostbusters cosplay, you want the real bits. You don't want plastic parts on it. Because, um, you know, plastic's great and you can paint it and whatnot, but knowing that it's the actual metal is worth its weight in gold so yeah they're expensive and is it is it is it worth it you you, look, you go that money that money at two thousand mm. pounds mm. thousands mm -hmm. not more okay. is it is it worth it to you no no not to oh, others yes to you. 100 the other great thing is it's hesitant to say like a car because a lot of cars don't hold their value but these things do if you look after it it holds its value those parts get rarer and rarer because they are parts that were made in the 80s and, you know, the longer, the longer it goes on, the less and less of those bits are going to be about. And you're not just buying these things, are you? You're spending time creating them, aren't you? Yeah. You're building them from, mm. from scratch. Mm -hmm. So, yes, you've got to buy the materials, but you sit there and... Oh, I've probably put, put hundreds of hours, man hours, into actually building and sanding and filing and painting and research and gluing and, you know, all that kind of stuff. What and that's the bit I enjoy. When it's done, I'm kind of sad in a way because it's done. Mm. And yeah, I get to wear it and I, a and couple I, of hours a year. But I guess kind of the, you know, you've done the Ghostbuster stuff. You've got things made from that. Mm. But I guess that's kind of taking you, us back to the the printing, isn't it? Mm. That, that you now can take that love for creating something mm -hmm. and you found a way to turn that into, into the business. Yeah, you? exactly. Yeah. I know people that... Um, have found full-time careers building these packs and uh, they earn a hell of a lot of money a yeah. fortune um probably knock 100 150 of them out a year but i know how difficult they are to build and i just haven't got it in me to do that i don't want to build a hundred of them i put my blood sweat and tears into my pack i couldn't i don't want to do that to someone else no yeah. matter how much money it costs i just i couldn't do it it's a it I wouldn't. I wouldn't different. put as much passion into it for someone else. Mm -hmm. Maybe, Maybe a you or like you know a friend, but yeah. as a business, I would get bored so quickly. Yeah, but doing it for the love mm -hmm. feels different. Yeah. How would someone get into? Someone doesn't have the money to invest in it. Can they still get into it or not? There are other options. Uh, Hasbro. I've been a Ghostbuster for a day, haven't I? Yeah. Most people that just want to do it for a fancy dress yeah. or a birthday party, you can get in. You know fancy dress jumpsuits and blow up proton packs um but if you want something a little bit better ha uh hasbro is that the bar is that the barbie company hasbro. Sure. i know they're transformers mm -hmm. but anyway yeah hasbro do a um a full-size pack that you can buy which looks pretty damn good it's all plastic and then would you say that once you're once you come into the cosplay community mm. you'd want to then start spending more money on it You'd want to upgrade. You'd want to add more to it. You'd want Depends to on the individual, their passion, their bank account. Yeah, of course. Um, on my from my personal experience, I haven't cosplayed as anything other than a Ghostbuster because I'm not interested in anything other than cosplaying as a Ghostbuster. Most of it for me is how much of an influence the original film had on me and has throughout my life, and the group of lads, uh, the Essex Ghostbusters, who I you know, I'm a member of. I just like spending time with those guys and we don't get to do it enough anymore thanks to a pandemic because there's, you know, there are still events but 
And also the other thing is um, we're older and some of us have kids now. Some of the guys have kids now. So when we do get to meet up, it's uh, it's great, but it just doesn't happen. Things change. Yeah, well, we get, like you say, yeah, we're get, getting, getting older. older and responsibilities. Yeah. and But as long as you can try and find a way to keep that as some element of your life. Yeah. Even if I never wear that thing ever again, I, I can hang on my wall. And I, as long as I get to see those guys, even if it's down the pub or on a Zoom call or on the phone, that's what's important. So, yeah, so uh, looking forward, what's what's coming up next for you? Coming up next? Oh, crikey. To be honest, I just want to see where this printing business takes this me. Is the, um, this is the future. Yeah, I hope so. Um, if this doesn't work, I'm thinking of what else I can use these machines for because the utility of these 3D printers is endless. Um, you can pretty much print anything, with them, more or less, because the the the, um, the the plastic you use, the filament, what these ones what these ones are made out of um, is one type of plastic. There's dozens, carbon fiber. There's a uh, aerofilament which you can use to print um, like model planes, super light. You know, it's like um, buoyancy. There's water resistant. There's uh, flexible filament, so you can print stuff like phone cases and rubbery things. So the utility is absolutely almost limitless, I'd say. Um, so if this doesn't work, find something else that does. Well, I'm sure it will. I'm sure from what I've seen in these very early days, I think you've got a promising, mm. promising future with it. Yeah, I, I really enjoy building the models. Um, built some. Robocop models. Again, this all harkens back to stuff from my childhood that interested me as a kid. It's funny how you revert the older you get. There's something in the nostalgia, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. There's some, there's definitely some. It just stays with you. Some form of comfort. Um, can't quite see it on the camera or hear it on the podcast. But even within my, where we are now, in my space we are now, mm. my shed. Your man den. My. It, it's filled with nostalgia, isn't it? Yeah. Above your heads, it's got all my all my toys. It's like a comforter, isn't it? For, yeah. for a grown up, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't oh, did you not even spot? No, the, I didn't see. spot the hero turtle. Oh, I've got the uh, models for these. So I can bring you a full size one. <laughs> no way. I will. I will be putting in an order for yeah, sure. Please do, please. Because <laughs> what's cool is, as I was saying earlier to you, that although the print bed is limited in size. You can scale up things. Yeah. So if we scaled up your Ninja Turtle figure mm-hmm. to life size, you think, how would that fit on the bed? Well, you just chop the model up into pieces and corners and like kind and of glue it all together. Together, in, like they did, like they do in the factories, like they do with any basically. model, basically. Yeah. You yeah. can put, um, say, you sliced his head in half. On the software, you can actually put, you know, have pegs and divots, so mm-hmm. when you glue it, everything just slots back together. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant! I love it. Any films you're looking forward to at the moment? Um, this goes back to uh, you know the, the where the industry is in trouble. Yeah, there was period, not... there would have been a period in our life where we'd have been able to name ten films. Yeah, I'm tr- I'm struggling to think of one, Martin. Mm. Um, um, oh, what's his name? Robert Eggers. Do you know him? No. His his it's a remake actually, which I'm surprised about. Robert Eggers Nosferatu. Starring Bill Skarsgård, yeah, remake of the nineteen twenty-two Nosferatu. Didn't they do that with William Defoe? That was Shadow of the Vampire. Yeah, which was not that was kind of a behind-the-scenes story of Nosferatu. If my memory serves me right, Um, I'm sure if Paul is watching, he'll 
either slap me or shake my hand in remembrance. Um, but yeah, Robert Eggers, man, he did um, The Witch. I don't know if you ever saw that. No. If you didn't, no, I'm, I'm going right to slap you after this. And um, he did another one with Robert Patterson and um, oh, you just said his name. William Defoe called The Lighthouse. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. same director. Okay, that's quite visionary, mm. unique. But that's about it. I can't really. Like you said, a few years ago, you'd be like, oh, this, this, this. Now it's just no, like, it's... Uh, there's nothing. Maybe we'll, we'll do more of that going back. We'll look back at what films would you, what film are you looking forward to to revisit? To revisit? Yes. What's a revisit film? In, in this time ahead that we're going to have this, you know, we're probably going to, the, the industry's going to slow down a bit. Mm. Where are you going? Where are you going to go and revisit? I I came up with one that's that's slightly off off kilt. Off kilt. Go on. Last night actually, I was sitting there watching um, watching TV, and I was like, "Do you know what? I miss a good comedy. Mm. I haven't seen a good comedy no. in a while." And then I thought, "What comedies did I? What comedies did I? Police Academy. Yeah, the first one at least. The first, but I would go with the first three for me. Any got, of them got silly after in. that." With Zed, Zed, yeah, um, Bobcat Goldthwait, right? Okay, <laughs> yeah, and then, and then it and then it just kind of what what it, it went off on a tangent, didn't it? Yeah. just being stupid. Yeah, but it was the first two or three films were very good and very funny, and uh, Citizens on be... Patrol, which I think might have even been no, the first assignment, I think it was Citizens on Patrol, but yeah, I agree, the first three, Sweet Chuck, and yeah. Yeah, the rest. Yeah, we'll go, we'll go. We'll go back and revisit some police academies. What about horrors? There's too many. A horror that you haven't seen for a while that you need to rewatch. Thing is, once I've seen a film, whether I think it was good or or not, it's kind of just in the bank. Yeah. Um, Joe can rewatch my wife. Joe can let's watch this film, and it's like we watched it two weeks ago, mm. and then we watched it for six months. Like she, that's fine. She finds comfort in just repeat viewings. I like even films I actually adore. I can only watch maybe once or twice a year. I, I'm always craving like the next high, the next hit. I always want to see something I haven't watched. Um, but going back to a classic horror, oh god, it depends. There's, there's so many subgenres. That's a hard question, man. Okay, when you should have a think about that, I'll have a think. In the meantime, what horror should I watch? What horror should you watch? You're a bit of a lightweight, though, aren't you? I am a lightweight, yeah. You need a bit. Of I like see. I'm. I, I like. I like a, a horror if it's a sci-fi. So for for me, like yeah, me Alien, yeah. Aliens, um, Predator. Yeah. Uh, that, that's kind of horror. There's a new Alien film coming out. Yeah, that Romulus oh, is there. Oh, but it's quite nice. a good director though this time. Okay. Not that Ridley Scott's a bad director, but I think his last two Alien films were a big missed missed yeah mm. missed that's step. why that's why it doesn't fill me with excitement no. you saying that Fede Alvarez um oh, I can't think what else he's done but he's a good director I'm kind of I'm intrigued cautiously mm. optimistic yes yeah. that's uh, how I feel we're approaching most films these days yeah it takes a lot to wow me now mm. or to get me excited in, in a movie sense yeah <laughs> um, it's normally something that's come out of left field that you you know, wasn't expecting to be good or to impress you. But I'm struggling, struggling. You put me on the spot with those. I'll have to have a, put you on the spot I'll have to have a thick. So um, let's, uh, let's wrap this up now. 
Sure. Um, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been pretty good, hasn't it, actually? Yeah, good, good conversation. Uh, very insightful, Tony. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having me. No, it's been a pleasure. I'm very grateful. And um, I look forward to doing this again with you soon. And uh, I think in a moment, let's chat about uh, how we're going to make Ghostbusters film. Because uh, I like the idea of that. You've got the camera. Yeah. I've got the proton pack. <laughs> let's film it. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Thanks, Cheers, Tony. No, Appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Well, that was Tony Silver. Thank you for joining me on today's episode, Tony. I hugely appreciate your courage from coming and sitting down in the Fortress of Solitude, being interrogated by me. Um, I don't think it, I was too hard with the questions. It felt more like a conversation. But yet within that conversation, I am convinced, and I think you should be by now, that yes, you are a creative. Um, go check out uh, Tony's business, uh, Silver Snaps. Uh, the link will be in the bio wherever you find this podcast. And thank you again for listening.